This NBA Summer League Championship Game Betting Picks Edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circus Millions Contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details exclusively on CircusSports.com. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, July the 18th, 17th, currently 2.06 on the East Coast, here to discuss the NBA Summer League Championship game between the Cleveland Cavaliers and my Houston Rockets. Maybe it's going to be our first ring of many coming in the next decade, but hey, we're going to see if that comes to fruition tonight. But joining me to help me break down the summer league and what we've kind of seen, and of course, get into the championship game picks. You guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, NFL, MLB. Of course, you're on NBA, WNBA. He's all over the place. It's Scott Studio, Rachel. Scott, how you feeling, my man? Uh, doing pretty well. Unfortunately, though, bit of a sad note. My team lost in the semis via overtime to Cleveland. So I'm obviously devastated. I'm not sure how I can overcome the Nets losing in overtime there. I think I'll live. But it's overall, it's been a pretty fun summer league. To be honest, I really have not been that involved in betting on it. Uh, just has not really been something that I have been that involved in. And I was going to initially. Then I got distracted with baseball. And then you had the All-Star break. And I had no excuse. And I still wasn't betting on summer league because I really just tried to get in too late at that point. But it's been fun. It does seem like Cleveland... Houston, Utah, those seem to be like the main three teams throughout the entire summer league. And of course, we ended up seeing Utah lose in these semis to Houston. So I'm not totally shocked. It's how it played out. Cleveland's been very solid. I'm shocked my Nets were there. My Nets turned out to actually be a decent summer league team, which they never are. But for the most part, kind of what we expected. A lot of moments for top draft picks. They play at a decent amount of games. Then they decided that it was time to actually save their energy for the regular season. And we got the Rockets and the Cavs. So maybe uh, this might be the only championship that the Rockets are going to win for a long, long time. Hey, 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 I said hey. maybe. I said maybe. But should be a fun game. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I'll have to excuse you. You had something. Uh, you were busy with something called the Wimbledon. I don't know uh, if people caught on to that, but um, yeah, that fun turned... match on Sunday. Oh yeah, definitely. That was a, that was a classic for sure. Uh, also joining us from also joining us from some part of the world, not his usual uh, place that he's in. He's been knee deep in the NBA summer league. He's been cashing his tickets as well for the summer league. It's Lante Smith. Lante, how you doing, my man? Yeah, man, doing pretty good. Uh, unlike Scott, well, kind of like Scott. I'm devastated, but just more devastated at the summer league's ending. But uh, at least we get to watch a championship game together. So, yeah, man, looking forward to the game today. Uh, hopefully we can get on the right side. Let's hope so. Yeah, so we're down to the final two teams here, of course, for the championship game on Monday night. I think, believe it's at uh, 9 Eastern or 8 Eastern, one of the two. I'll, I'll look it up in the meantime. But uh, like nine? You good. 9, 9 Eastern? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, last game happening in Vegas. Hopefully next summer we're all able to get out there, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, uh, for the summer league. But, um, yeah, like we mentioned, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Houston Rockets in the championship game here tonight. Um, but before we you know, get into the actual championship games, I'm going to kick it over to Lante. Lante, outside of the Cavs and the Rockets, um, you know, what which other teams or maybe in particular players 
um, have kind of impressed you that maybe fighting for a roster spot or teams maybe signing to a you know a deal, maybe like a two way contract or you know working into the G League? Um, any players uh, that have stood out to you outside of the two teams that we're going to see here tonight? Yeah, a bunch. Um, I guess I'll, I'll be a homer and start off with the the Lakers. I think Colin Castleton had a good summer league. Um, he he did pretty well in pick and roll. Uh, he was good at blocking shots, which he was good with at Florida. Um, stretching the floor. Uh, he can't really shoot the three as well uh, as you would like to in a stretch five. But again, I mean, he's not going to be needed to score with, you know, LeBron and AD on the side. But he can uh, provide a big body. Uh, he can pass. He can defend. Uh, he's good in the switches on the pick and rolls. Um, and it allows AD to go more so in that roamer um defensive position. So I, I like Castleton. Uh, I think he has a shot to make the roster and actually contribute um, to, to the Lakers because, I mean, again, outside of AD, I mean, they don't have a big body. That's what cost yeah. them in the Denver series. So I think that Castleton was a big winner in the summer league. Um, I mean, I guess we'll talk about him later on. I thought Gigi did great uh, in the summer league um, for the Memphis Grizzlies. He was pretty highly touted out of um, South Carolina. He was going to North Carolina, but got switched up. So uh, he didn't, I guess they didn't perform well as a team, but he did well. But his age, maturity issues caused him to fall. But I think he went to a good organization. Uh, I don't know how I feel about him being, you know, in the same room as Ja, but that's another subject. (laughs) Uh, You know, and they're from the same area. So, I mean, man, it's a bunch of guys. I, I would say Castleton was probably the top, like, not drafted guy, uh, one of the yep. top non-drafted guys in this uh, in this class. And I thought he really performed well. Um, and we're going to talk about Imani Bates here in a, in a little bit. Um, him uh, to Quavion Smith for Philadelphia was really really productive. Um, he had a really good uh, showing in both. I'm trying to think remember if he was in Utah or um, Sacramento. One of those before he went to Vegas, and he actually was playing for. Um, Nick Nurse, you know, Nick Nurse was coaching the summer league team for the first two games. So he got hands on with the verbiage and how, you know, Nick Nurse wanted his teams to run. So I think he has a good shot to make uh, make the squad. He's probably like somewhat of a lower end Tyrese Maxey, but a little bit higher version of Bones Highland. So he's um, a a high usage bench score. I mean, that's what he's going to be. Yeah. So I think Philly could use that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, those guys, um, I thought. Uh, rookie. I'm trying to think of rookies that that look good that were later picks. Um, Jesus, uh, who else was it? Um, man, it's a bunch. It's a bunch of guys. I thought Keontae Johnson looked good for Oklahoma City, but again, I mean, they just got so much damn talent. Like, I don't know what they're gonna do with their team. Like, they literally have like probably like 10, 11 guys who could play, and I mean, they just keep drafting well. Um, uh, they got you know, uh, Kaysen Wallace there yeah. and he probably has a shot to crack the rotation so i'm not sure where keontae fits in but he was a good pick for them um well, what do you think else? of uh chet i know he played i mean he, oh, i was I mean, surprised he, to see him play a lot of a uh, summer league um i guess surprised and not surprised at the same time but yeah. what, what do you think of his performance man chet is chet is a He's like unique in his own way. Like he's just he put on a little bit more weight, although you can't really tell. He looks yeah. about the same frame. <laughs> he's but, still getting but he, bodied. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He still puts on weight. And I mean he I think he played a lot because he hadn't played basketball in like over like a year and a half. So yeah. I think they kinda wanna get it get him the feel of things and get him uh, in some live action and get some guys who were trying to prove themselves. And he's also was playing with uh, Jalen Williams, the um the center 
He was also playing with him. Um, a couple of the other starters, I think he played with uh, the other Jalen also, like in yeah. um, the first few games. So he was getting some live rips with some actual people that he'll be playing with. Man, he's going to be an elite defender off the like as soon as the ball tips off. Uh, I'm looking season. forward to his his blocks prop. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. when the market uh, hasn't caught up to early in the season, yeah. but uh, yeah, that, I think that's one thing that kind of did stick out to me about Chet was the number of blocks him and yeah. even when Minyama was getting obviously at his height, he should be able to get those yeah. blocks as yeah. well. So uh, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on on some of those players. Uh, anything else that kind of stuck out to you? Um, no, nah, but Chet is man. He's sometimes he's just trying to like do too much as far as dribbling and create his own shot so but you know that yeah. comes with with the territory with summer league i thought a couple of your guys was impressive i mean i know we're talking about rookies but second year guys i thought easton was good obviously jabari yeah. uh, i thought those two guys were great um man yeah it's just a bunch of guys we probably can do it in the whole podcast about it but you know those are just a few guys off the top of my head who, who kind of stood out to me uh i thought castleton was really 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 good um for for the lakers so all right, before we continue the conversation here, let me tell everyone about the best NFL contest that is happening, and that's over at Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor are back for the upcoming NFL season, and Mr. Derek Stevens, he's feeling very, very generous. $14 million in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs for these two contests. First one, Circa Millions, simple, five NFL picks per week uh, against the spread each week. Each uh, pick that you do get correct, you get awarded a point. Uh, on any pushes, it's half a point, and you obviously try to accumulate the most amount of points to get the big prize at the end of the uh, contest. And Circus Survivor, just pick a different money line winner each week. You can enter in Vegas, and but you can play from anywhere. Sports Gambling Podcast, Sean and Ryan are going to be out there for the last weekend in August. So come hang out with the guys. Maybe they'll get you a drink as well. But you can get all the details about both of the contests happening in Circus Sports, the Circus Mins and Circus Survivor at CircusSports.com. Again, that's CircusSports.com. Uh, Scott, I know you, you mentioned you haven't been as um, heavily involved or maybe not heavily watching as much as Lante has been. But um, anything that's kind of caught your eye as far as players, except for the two teams that we've talked about? Well, I was going to say Bates has been a, a nice uh player there for Cleveland who was a very sought-after prospect in college. Things didn't work out for legal reasons, and then he ended up in the MAC, and he was a high-volume, low-efficient scorer, but he has been solid in Summer League. For the most part, though, I feel like the main person I got to talk about who might win Summer League MVP, Cam Whitmore. Is he willing to win Summer League MVP? Because it feels like it. Yeah, I think that if uh, the Rockets do win tonight um, and he puts up 20-plus, 25-plus points, I think that deserving slow, I think that he's going to win the uh, MVP uh, for the Summer League. But, um, yeah, I was watching the game against Utah. He got off to a slow start. Um, I think it was like 0 of 3 to start the game from three-point line. He finally hit one. He saw one go down the basket after that. Uh, they just turned it up, especially in that second half. But yeah, Cam Whitmore to me has looked really, really good thus far uh, in the summer league. I saw he had eight steals in one game too, yeah. which is just insane. But I know that uh, he ended up sliding, so a lot of people were focused on him in summer league. The talent was never in doubt. The question was the injuries, and I had some concerns, but it was mostly because of the fact that a lot of organizations thought that long term the issue was going to remain there. So the talent was never in question. The only issue was, can he stay healthy? Remains to be seen, but we know why he was a top five projected pick going in. It's because he looks significantly better than basically every other wing out there. So Whitmore's been great. That's been one guy I've had my eye on that's looked very sharp. 
Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's a nice transition into the championship game here tonight between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Houston Rockets. So currently, as it stands right now, um, this line is currently at, I believe the last I saw was the Cavs were favored by two points currently over on DraftKings. Total has climbed here. Uh, it opened up around 187 and a half, 188 and a half, depending on your book. But currently over on DraftKings, it has uh, the title, the total, I'm sorry, has climbed to 192 and a half in this game. And rightfully so, because this Houston Rockets team um, has scored at least 100 points in every single one of their five wins uh, in the Summer League uh, so far uh, in the league, I should say. I'm trying to pull up the exact um, numbers here for the Rockets, but I know that they've been scoring at well. They've been shooting the three ball real well um, as well. Uh, defense has been a question as well because they have allowed a ton of points as well. I think all five of their games have also gone over the total. I mean, their last game against Utah in the semifinal, that game ended up finishing 115 to 101. I think they scored like 130 points just in that second half. Um, Cleveland, like uh, Scott mentioned, they got the overtime victory against the uh, Brooklyn Nets, and then they are into the championship. I guess we can go team by team here, and then we can you know, talk about the players and then get into the betting lines. But, Lante, let me kick it over to you. Let's start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, the big names yeah. on their side has been uh, Imani Bates, uh, uh, sought after highly touted prospect. Like Scott mentioned, uh, things didn't work out for him, and then he did uh, a transition or transfer over uh, into the MAC. But he's looked pretty good thus far this uh, summer league, as, along with Sam Merrill. Uh, both of those guys are averaging uh, 16.8 points and 18.8 points, respectively. And also Isaiah Mobley has been really good for this team as well. Sharif Cooper, you could throw his name into that uh, hat as well for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But what have you seen from this Cavs team that might enable them to win the championship here tonight? Yeah, I mean, I know it's boring and, and you know, it's summer league, but they play defense. Uh, that's why they're being propelled to this position. Um, they've held their five opponents in Vegas all under 100 points, and they held Scott's team, uh, sorry, Scott, under 100 in overtime. They scored 99 in overtime. Uh, so defensively, they're like, I mean, the best defensive team I've seen, and they don't have the sexy names. I mean, outside of Amani Bates, who, you know, he was a, a highly talented recruit, but as far as the draft process, I mean, he wasn't as highly thought of as some of those other guys, uh, which is why he went in the second round uh, for whatever reason. I mean, obviously it wasn't a talent, but, you know, more so just baggage and some of the things that he was going through. But, yeah, I thought he played well. He shot the ball uh, extremely well. One thing you, you know, you never have to worry about with him is he's going to get his shots up. Uh, but he's shooting efficiently, 44% from the field, 41% from three. Um, he's averaging six rebounds per game. And my favorite Imani Big stat, um, of any 0.6 assists per game. That's what he's averaging uh, in the five games. So that just goes to show you what he's about. Um, and I thought Sam Merrill was probably the best player um, throughout the, the Las Vegas uh, Summer League for the team. I mean, you mentioned it, 18 points per game, 43% from the three. Uh, he's shooting the ball lights out. Mobley's pretty much doing the cleanup. He's averaging 16, 8, and 5. He's the defensive anchor. Not as good as his brother, obviously, but he's still a big body. He's able to score at multiple levels. He's added a little bit of three-point um, shooting to his game. He hasn't shot it a ton, but he has the ability to step out, you know, and um, and make a shot. I think the Cavs are, like, well-balanced. They just, like, their roster just looks like at the beginning of the year, if you looked at it, you would be like, oh, whatever. Like, they're just a, a whatever team, you know, not going to think nothing of it. But they come in, they play Good defense. They got low-level guys who they probably only got like two guys, three guys that are going to be on the NBA team. Um, 
That's I'm assuming Mobley's making the roster because his brother's on the team as well. Yeah, he, so. he was he was there last year, but he more so played in the G yeah. League. Um, I'm saying he'll be in the league once again, at yeah, least for part yeah, of it. Yeah, he'll be there, and he's he's improved his game, so uh, he might have a shot uh, at that roster. And and also attributed to you know the defense. I mean, three of those five teams they held under 90 points. So I mean, I think Cleveland's defense has been carrying them. Um, the shooting has been really good. Uh, I thought Imani's volume of shots has still been high but again he's taking more efficient shots more so than just checking up shots like he was at eastern michigan so i think the Cavs uh had a pretty good i mean obviously they're in the championship game but i thought they had a pretty good uh summer league as far as development and seeing what they had with some of those guys a lot of those guys might get you know assigned elsewhere but mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned sharif cooper i think he's been pretty good also running the point guard i thought he's he'd been fine um they had cedric henderson he, he's been okay uh from arizona uh, he went to Campbell, which is uh, like not too far from where I saw, I saw him play a lot. Um, yeah, I mean Wendell Green, like they just they got a bunch of like low key guys, and you would just never think that they would be in this position. Uh, also, Pete Nance, who couldn't make a shot at North Carolina, but he made every shot that he's taken for um, <laughs> the Cavs, and you know the lineage there with his dad and his brother playing for um, Cleveland, also. So that's a good story. Uh, yeah, so I think Cleveland has a good shot to win it all here to, uh, tonight, mostly behind their defense. Uh, all right, before we get over to Scott's thoughts here about the Cavs, uh, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Uh, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. Uh, Scott, let's get your thoughts on the Cavs here. I know you talked about Imani Bates, uh, but what have you kind of seen from this Cavs team um, that may enable them to win the championship here tonight? Well, it's really just a battle of styles because they play really good defense and Houston kind of has an optional defensive approach, but it's worked out anyway because Houston's that good offensively. But if you want to talk about how they match up against each other, Cleveland does once again play with a certain level of physicality, uh, which can give Houston some problems. Uh, If you want to look at the rebounding advantages for Cleveland in the last couple games, for example, they have done pretty well in the glass. So second chance points could be a story in this game. Uh, The real thing I'm really trying to keep an eye on, though, is Cleveland's three-point defense against Houston's offense because they jack up a ton of threes. And Cleveland's been pretty good for the most part at three-point defense. They were not very good against the Nets in the last game, but they won that one anyway. But if they can limit Houston on the three-point line and clean up the glass, they're in a great spot to win. So they definitely have the overall talent on paper to get the job done. But the Nets, once again, in the last game, shot well from three. But for the most part, Cleveland was a very solid three-point defensive team in the first four games they had in Summer League. I do think, once again, Cleveland is going to perform well if they can slow the pace and if they can really just out-physical Houston. But if Houston's able to push and if Houston's able to get open threes and they make them, then Houston's going to win. So I do think, once again, it's one of those classic battle of styles games where it could go either way depending on what you might expect to see with regard to pace and with regard to actual execution. Yeah, and the Rockets have, and Trenchard for the Rockets now, they've scored at least 100 points in all five of their victories uh, here in Summer League. Then three out of those five games, they've scored 110 or more points. Uh, against Detroit, they put up 113, 105 against the Thunder, 118 against the Golden State Warriors, 
and 115 in the semifinal game against the uh, Utah Jazz. And, you know, like Scott alluded to, it's really been the three-point shooting that has really led the Houston Rockets um, in that department of how, how much success they found as far as um, scoring points here. Uh, Lante, let me kick it back to you, man. Uh, obviously, we saw Jabari Smith have a great first two games at least, or the first game he had a, a subpar first half, but he really turned it up in that second half of the first game in Summer League. And then in the second uh, game, he I think he scored 38 in that game yep. for the yep. Houston Rockets. Uh, but outside of Jabari Smith and Tari Eason, it's really been the Cam Whitmore and Nate Hinton show. Uh, Hinton actually went to U of H uh, down here in Houston. Um, I believe uh, – yeah, Kelvin Sampson was there at that point, but uh, this team has been firing on all cylinders uh, from the three point uh, three point line. Lights got mentioned, but what has kind of stood out to you about this Rockets team? Because obviously they've been a huge uh, offensive machine. Yeah, man, athleticism, man. They got extreme athleticism with those guys, especially when those guys were in the lineup. You know, Easton and Jabari. It just made those other guys' jobs a lot easier. You know, as far as the shot making and being on the floor with NBA players who had uh, you know some experience in. In actual against actual NBA players, and I mean, I thought Amin was really good the, the little the little time that he was out there. Uh, so I'm kind of sad that he you know had that injury, but I thought he was extremely like shifty. His vision was good. Um, he was able to get to the to the rim with ease, uh, blowing past people. Yeah, I mean, Cam is. I mean, he was he was always one of one of my favorites. But I mean, I, I, he has his deficiencies as far as like his passing and you know some of the bad shots he takes. But I mean, overall, he's been really good and he's been the catalyst for this team since those other two guys were resting. I mean, he's averaging twenty point four um, on forty seven percent. He is shooting twenty nine percent from the three, um, and that's with a decent amount of volume. Sixty two percent from the free throw line. So, kind of want to get that up. Uh, and he's not going to be asked to shoot threes, but. He's got this. He's got this knack for getting to the rim and getting around people. So I think he'll be fine there. And I mean, physically, you know, he's going to be able to post up smaller guys and, and get there. I'm interested to see how they use him in their rotation because it raises a flag to me if they sign Dylan Brooks and they're kind of the same player. But I mean, Cam is probably more polished offensively, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think similar. They got similar skill sets, um, especially when Dylan was coming out of Oregon. Um, but yeah, man, I think Houston has been. Lights out, and like Scott mentioned, if they if they're hitting the three, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to beat them. Uh, but again, I think Cleveland has the bodies and some of the athleticism to be able to sustain uh, some of those runs that they go on. But if they're hitting those threes, man, it, it's going to be tough. And I'm interested to see how uh, Imani and uh, Cam match up against each other. Yeah, outside of Amen Thompson, um, Tari Eason, and uh, let's see who was the other player. No, those were the two guys, but outside of those two players, the Rockets have uh, three, four different guys that are shooting 38% or better from beyond the arc. Uh, Trevor Huggins, uh, Matthew Mayer, uh, like I mentioned, Nate Hinn has been really good, uh, and Fletcher McGee has been really man, good. For, that's that a guy's, shooter. Fletcher McGee is a shooter. I saw some highlights, He's man, from, uh, from Wofford. Wofford, yeah. Yeah. He, the, the, he, he has a nice, he has a nice release. Kentucky? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. He, he had the worst game of his life. Like he I was remember like, that he couldn't have shot like to save two, his life, but I watched like him in the season. Right. Yeah, he was like two for twenty-one. Yeah, he was he was really really bad in that game. That I remember, but he can but... shoot the lights out, bro. And and Matthew Mayer is a real good addition too, um, as long as you keep the energy drinks away from him. You know, he, <laughs> he had yeah. he had a, he, had a little, he had a little incident in uh, in Illinois where he drunk like he was playing Xbox and he drunk like twelve energy drinks and oh, got like Lord. sick. 
Yeah, no, yeah. that's not a good idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, guys, so let's get over to the actual spread here, and then we'll get to the total. Maybe we can dig up some player props as well. But let's start with the side here. Uh, currently, like I mentioned, the Cavs are a two-point favorite. Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off here, man? Who do you think is going to win this championship game here tonight? So I think it's going to be a bit of a coin flip, but I do think with that being the case, I'm actually going to lean to Houston uh, to get it done. I am a bit concerned that Cleveland had to go to overtime, and you're looking at the actual scheduling spot. There's no day off in between. So now Cleveland has to play the back-to-back with overtime in the first game. I do wonder if tired legs will play a factor as this game uh, is in the second half. Houston, yes, I am aware that they are 5-0. and Yes, I'm aware that some reason for that is some players who are no longer on this roster, which I have to at least point out. But Houston can shoot the ball very well, and I do think that they have enough three-point shooting to overcome some of their defensive issues. Cleveland offensively, I think, is fine. Uh, Cooper's been good, and I mentioned B- and Bates, of course, has been very solid as well. But I do think, once again, with tired legs, I don't exactly want to be laying in this game. I can understand uh, if Cleveland wins. It wouldn't totally shock me because, once again, they're favored. But if you're asking me where I think the value might lie, I think the value might be on Houston because they did win relatively comfortably in the semifinals. So they were able to... I don't know if they were able to rest guys per se, but at least they weren't playing high-pressure basketball late in the fourth quarter. It was kind of on cruise control. But if you want to give me a fade of a team off overtime with no time off and I'm getting points in what should be a close game, that's good enough for me. Houston's going to want to push the pace, which might make Cleveland even more exhausted. I'll go with Houston to get the job done. All right, Lante, uh, spread here, Cavs minus two. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna lean with the Cavs. Um, Scott's not wrong. Like if I if I was Fired. on if I was on uh, <laughs> on the Houston side, I would bring up every every single thing that, that he just brought up. So I think it's I think it's a coin flip game. So I'll take yeah. the rest yeah. advantage and hope it works out. Yeah, and and then like I thought that these guys are fighting for jobs and fighting for, you know, roster spots. So they're gonna be. I, you can make a like a debate that all these games were high level for. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, minus the guys who aren't playing. And I think some of the power ratings for um, or the perception, I won't say power, the perception for Houston, like you said, Munaf was more so with those guys in the lineup. Now, they still have been performing, you know, Mayor McGee, um, Hudgens and uh, of course, Cam have been performing um, after those guys have left. But I think they let they laid the groundwork and got the job done um, in a certain in a certain manner, which led them to you know, going on this 3-0 run without without those guys. And I want to say Jabari – I mean, I want to say Tari played in a game after Jabari sat, if I'm not mistaken. I think Tari played in three games and Jabari played in two. So that's an advantage they right there. They both played in uh, two. Okay, maybe it was maybe it was another game I was thinking yeah. about. But, um, yeah, so I like Cleveland here. I like the defense. Um, it, it does it does kind of concern me with with the overtime thing. They Cleveland is kind of like – their summer league team is kind of like their, um, their real team. They play physical. They're going to rebound. They're going to play defense. Not going to take dumb shots. I mean, Amani will occasionally take a dumb shot, you know, every other position. <laughs> well, he's not going to pass. So what else is he supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. No, he, he's not He's not going to do that. So I'm interested to see, like, who take – like, if he gets hot, like he scores like two in a row, Cam is definitely going to take the ball, and he's not passing for three possessions. I mean, we might as well just let Cam Whitmore and Imani Bates play one-on-one on one one for the championship. Right. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I think – um. I think it's an evenly matchup. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I don't. It's, it's not an edge either way. So I, I won't even fault anybody for taking Houston. And I think Houston does have the higher upside because they can shoot the three at such a high level. But again, the teams that shoot that three at the, at the high level and depend on it, if they're not hitting, the Cavs are gonna grind them out. The Cavs are gonna win 
Um, they can win a half court. They're not going to push the pace. So if they can slow them down, make them play to the tempo, like Scott mentioned earlier, I think the Cavs got a good shot to cover the game. So I'm going to go. I just with think them. one of the tiebreakers involved is that do we agree that Whitmore is the best player here? In this game, uh, yeah, no argument for me. I don't think it's that close. I mean, he was a first round pick that was projected top five. If you want to give me points and have the best player in your back pocket, I'm going to take it. I don't hate that. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rockets, obviously, here as well. Um, Homer. <laughs> hey, man, this might be our only shot, like Scott mentioned, the next 10 years away. Hey, at least you get rings, so, man. You seen, you seen those rings? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Uh, I was watching the late game last night. No, actually, it was a Rockets. No, it was a Rockets game or it was a game after. I think it was a Dallas game. Uh, I was watching on the screen, and they actually, like, they were going to the commercial break, and they showed, like, the, yeah. the ring that they're, they're Like in the 3D thing, rotating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good, how much do you think you can get if you pawn that? 350? Uh, maybe. Maybe 349. Maybe. I want to say, I say the, uh, the person who created it was, I mean, well, not created, but who designed it was the same person who designed the Lakers rings when they won in a bubble. A uh, guy out of Beverly Hills. I can't remember his name. It's a lot of diamonds for a summer league trophy, for hey, a summer man. league, you know, ring. Hey, man, so, the league's got so, money. Some of these guys might need that money. Yeah. Right, well, that's um, why I mentioned the pawn price because you never know. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, I'm gonna go with the Rockets here as well. It's a lot of the reasons, like Scott was mentioning, that number one, you have the Cavs coming off the overtime game, um, but I think for the Rockets that they have so many different shooters that can knock down the three point shot. It's not like one or two guys that they're depending on to knock down those three point shots, and you also have Cam Whitmore who's been playing out of his mind um, as well. I know the like we mentioned, and Scott mentioned this as well that the injury concern. Um, was a huge factor of him obviously falling down the draft board uh, where he was projected to maybe, what, be a top four, top five, at least for sure a top ten pick. Man, he was top um, five. Like, he, he was slated to go – he was slated to go four at, like, minus 225, like, throughout yeah. – from the start of the draft, yeah. like, all the way up until, like, draft day. Even at draft day, he was slated to go four. Like, he was, like, minus 175. I mean, he still – he fell from, you know, higher, but – he still was a prohibited favorite to go for. I think it's safe to say that based on how he's played in his pre-draft project, uh, projections, he's significantly overqualified for this level of competition. Do we agree on that? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but the, and again, the, the rumor with the Rockets was that uh, if he wasn't going to be injured or the injury, the medical was not a concern that he would have probably been the number four overall pick yeah. to the Rockets set up a men Thompson, but it worked out very well for the Rockets. But um, yeah, I'm not going to uh, regurgitate everything guys, especially what Scott said about the Rockets here tonight. I'm going to go with the Rockets here on the spread brings us to the total. Um, it has climbed going on 187 and a half. It opened up at 188 and a half is the number that I saw on DraftKings last night. Currently, like I mentioned, 192 and a half. So I think I think it might be a little correlation here that if you like the Cavs, you probably want to take the under. If you do like the Rockets here, you probably want to play the over. But uh, Scott, let's start with you on the total here. We also do have some team totals. Let me mention those as well. It's it's a pretty much a point difference here: ninety-five and a half for the Rockets and ninety-six and a half for the Cavs. Uh, for me, even though I do think there is some correlation, I'm actually going to lean to the under, uh, even okay. though I am taking Houston. It's a championship game. I'm not taking an over that high in a championship game. Like, I understand Houston hasn't really tried to guard anybody, and they want to play faster. Cleveland doesn't. I think Cleveland's going to try to slow the pace as much as possible and just try to out-physical Houston in the half court. But it's really just based on a couple of factors. I mentioned that the overtime game might cause some short jump shots in the second half. You might see the Cavs once again play at a slower pace like they want to play at. But it's mostly just based on the fact that, once again, it's a title game. So I'm expecting a lot of pride on the defensive end. I doubt you're going to get pressure with nerves in a 
damn summer league championship game. So I'm not exactly concerned about that. But I do think defensively, both teams will be more engaged than what you've seen probably up to this point. So I'm going to lean to the under. I think I feel better about the Cavs team total under, obviously, because I'm picking Houston to win the game. But mm-hmm. I do think that for the sake of a championship game in any capacity, I'm going to tend to fade a total move that's gone up like three or four points. I'll fade the public on this one. I'll go with the under. Uh, Lanto, what do you got? Yeah, I agree with um, a lot of what Scott said, and I agree with what you said. If you like um, Houston, you want to go over because if they are going to win this game going away, it's going to be because of the three-point shooting. And if you like Cleveland, like I do, I think you're going to grind the game out, make them uh, hit tough shots. And I think that Cleveland's not even capable of – or they didn't want to get in a high-scoring game. I mentioned like three teams under 90 points, all five teams under 100, even the overtime game. I think Cleveland's going to be well-equipped to deal with some of the things that Cam does. They're probably going to switch him with um, with Mobley. They're probably going to put a little bit of Mobley on him, a little bit of Cooper. Cooper's a smaller guy, but he's got a decent amount of quickness to be able to stay in front of Cam, probably help side. Um, when, then when the Rockets have some of those non-shooters on the floor. Cooper was the Auburn guy, right? No, no. Was he? Did he go to Auburn? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. yeah. yeah. and they have they have he another. He was the one who went to the Hawks for a cup of coffee, and he did nothing, and then he got shipped off, right? That's yeah, what, he was the, he was the guy that him and Bronny James couldn't get in um in uh, in a party. In, he in, was like, the Auburn Rockets. point guard who had like the really really <laughs> bad shooting percentage, and then uh, yes, yeah, you see, it's another Auburn guard on the on the roster who also had a real bad shooting. Oh, Green shouldn't even be on a roster. Yeah. Like I remember Green yeah. Wendell in college. Yeah. He, he was where, like Eastern Kentucky, and then he transferred, and he was just uh, yeah, for, sounds about right. He was oh, West, Western or Eastern for a couple years. Yeah. I hated that backcourt so much when they had Jabari Smith. Yeah, I hated man. that backcourt so much. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway. I like the under man. I, I think it's going to be a grind out of a game. I think it's going to be in favor of Cleveland. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Mobley can do against uh, Whitmore. I think it's a big test for both guys. So looking forward to the matchup, and um, hopefully the Cleveland and the under can get there. Nice little parlay for you. Uh, any player props have uh, stuck out to either one of you guys? I know there's it's a very very limited market. I didn't even um, see any. Where, where are they? So got player props. I, yeah, I, I saw some any. for. Um, I know DraftKings usually does like 10 they have plus, like play, they have plus. player specials like Imani yeah. Bates twenty plus points at plus one ten. That's a terrible um, deal, by the way. That's a Cam Whitmore yeah, yeah, twenty plus minus one eighty. That's what. Uh, Nate Hitton twenty plus points plus one fifty. You can't. I, th- I think I'm just out because DraftKings is trying to rob to rob you in uh, broad daylight. So what yeah, about? Um, do they have McGee? I would like to see something with McGee. Uh, let's see here. I Where's doubt it because he's a bench player. If I had to guess, no, nah, they only have like two players for the Rockets, and they have like three players for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. What's the yeah. Mobley line at? Uh, what are you looking for? Twenty plus? No, just in general. What do they have? Yeah, it's just at, they just have 20 plus at plus 135. Yeah, they don't have over under. Yeah, just they don't have it over under. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what I, that's They do have halves, uh, total points for halves 49 and a half for the Cavs and the 48 and a half for the Rockets in the first half. I think I'm just out on those. I'll yeah. lean to Cleveland team total under, but that's solely because I'm picking Houston to win. But all those player props are just robberies. So I'm just going to pass on those. Yeah. One I thing, though, say- we just, when, when me and Scott right. did the, the summer league preview, uh, before he ended the podcast, he asked, did he have any long shots for summer league MVP? And I, I said two guys. I said Jet Howard and Imani Bates because they are one-on-one players. They perform well in these kind of settings. We, we got one of the two. I think it's like 150. It was at like 150 to one. Um, well, I'm going to ask, though, um, if Cleveland does win. He's going to get it. They're, they're giving it to Bates or they're going to give it to Mobley? 
Nah, Bates is gonna get it because he's probably gonna so? score points. Yeah. yeah, I think. So. I think Bates too. Yeah. I, I don't this, know if they can. I don't know if a bench player's ever won it before. That's why I'm asking. Is he a bench player? Or is technically starting in this? I think he's starting. Um, the, the number of minutes that sure. he's been playing. Let me see. Um, I think he's playing like 27, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's at yeah, yeah. No, he's actually average, averaging 20, close to 30. Okay. Okay. 29. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's. I, I know that when they first started off, he was coming off the bench. Um, but that's why I asked. I, I wasn't sure if he was still technically a bench player or not. I got. I want to check the uh, game uh, box score uh, with that yeah, semifinal Merrill, um, game. But... If he has a if he has a good game, like if he if he goes crazy from three, you know, four of seven. Yeah, he started. He played 34 minutes. Yeah. So if he if he gets out from three, gets a couple highlight plays, he he's gonna get it. I think. So. I was just wondering if he actually would because Mobley's been the defensive anchor. He's also you know giving you rebounds and assists. Bates was pretty good rebounding wise against the Nets. He had seven rebounds, yeah, but he's yeah. giving you less than one assist per game. In terms of overall stats, it would not shock me if Mobley won it. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. All right, guys, let's close it out strong here. Uh, maybe we give a best bet instead of a lock in a dog, unless you have a lock in a dog you want to give out. Maybe a best bet. Uh, Lante, let's start with you, man. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cavs on the money line because I got burned with the Lakers last night. Uh, I don't know, well, you probably, I don't know if you've seen that game. No, but, that was disgusting. Oh, you mean the right. foul on the inbound pass? Right, right, exactly. I had yeah, Lakers or the Clippers? Because Lakers the won, Lakers, It was they? Lakers versus the Clippers. Yeah, the yeah, Lakers yeah. won the game, though, right? Yeah, yeah, they won, but I, I laid one and a half. Yeah, you had the Clippers. Oh, oh okay, sorry. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I laid Sorry. one and a half with them. And I usually on, on spreads of minus one to minus two or five. less, I take the money one. Yeah, minus yeah. two and a half, three, depending on the money line and depending on how strong I feel about the play. I thought the Lakers would come back after they performed really, really poorly against Memphis. I thought they'd come out. I, I watched that first season. quarter against yeah. Memphis. So right, I didn't score right. for the first seven minutes. Right. So, um, yeah, I, just, I, I laid it with uh, with the Lakers, and that was disgusting. They blew, First of all, they blew the lead. And then the Clippers hit a three, and then the dude fouls. And I'm like, holy shit. I was praying. I was like, well, please don't review it because, it's just, you know, it's just a one shot. And, of course, he goes up. He makes it game over. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Cavs. Money line here. Um, it should be around. Let's see. I see a minus 130 on yeah, that's DraftKings. Perfect. I, was, I was going 125, 130. Yeah, perfect. I'll take the minus 130 for that uh, as the best bet for the show. All right. Uh, Scott, what do you got best bet? All right, uh, so my best bet, which once again, uh, you can tread lightly on it because it's a summer league game, but I will go with the uh, team total under for Cleveland, which I believe was 96 and a half. I'm leaning to the under in the game. Cleveland can win this game and it still goes under if they really kill the pace, but it's mostly fading a team that's on a back-to-back with an overtime game attached to it uh, with a decently high team total. I think that number is a bit too high to me. They're playing 12-minute quarters or 10-minute quarters? 10 minutes. That's what I thought. So it's 10 minutes. So it's even 96 and a half isn't the usual 96 and a half. I'm going to go with the under. The number just feels too high. All right. Uh, for my best bet, I'm going to take the Rockets money line here, man. I think that they that was going to be my dog, but yeah. Yeah. Um, they've just been playing incredible basketball. You're obviously there in the finals here for a reason. It's really been led by shooting. And again, like I mentioned, in the handicap, it's just not one or two guys. They have, they're getting contributions from three, four, five different guys. And I agree with Scott what he mentioned that Cam Whitmore is the best player on the floor here. And when you have the best player on the floor um, and you're getting points here, uh, I'm just going to take the Rockets money line here. I think that this te- this group, I-, I think that, I know it's just summer league, but maybe it's setting some type of precedent for this new you know, head coach with Ima Yodoka there and the new assistant coaches that, hey, even if it is summer league, that we want to establish a winning culture here after what's happened over the last several seasons uh, for this Houston Rockets team. And again, guys are... 
I know it's on both sides of the boat that players are playing for, you know, roster spots or even G League spots here. But what I like what I've seen from those Rockets team that they've been able to push the pace. I think that if the Rockets are smart here, like Scott mentioned with the Cavs coming off that overtime game with no rest in between these games, that if the Rockets want to have success here tonight, they should push the pace here. So um, I got the best player on the floor. Uh, I have guys around him that can knock down the three-point shot as well. Um I'm going to go with the Rockets here, plus 110 on the money line to get the job done and, and get those rings here back here to Houston in our maybe our only title in the next maybe five to six years. So hopefully that's what I'm banking on. Well, at least they got baseball. So Yep. Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, all right, guys. That is going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast, the 2023 NBA Summer League Championship betting picks. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? Not really. Uh, looking forward to the game. Am I going to watch it? Probably not, to be honest with you. But, you know, looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. But you got baseball on, so I'll be watching that instead. But, yeah, looking forward to the actual season. Of course, we have a long way to go until then. Maybe a bit too much time, if we're being honest. But we, I know yeah. we'll be doing some division breakdowns and some win totals and stuff like that during the offseason, which should be fun. Uh, besides that, of course, got the tennis podcast, which I'll have another episode out for some point tonight. Uh, yeah, baseball. Uh, every single weekday we got that show going on uh, besides that yeah a lot of podcasts you get the drill wnba with terrell and i lante anything else my man no that's it man go bet the phoenix suns under 51 and a half right now <laughs> i thought you were the one who was trying to convince me to, that it was going over yeah i did but i said if it's if it's over if it's over 48 i'm going what did i say I'm it was going to be i said it was going to be like 52 and a half or something i think we 51. had i think we said i remember like saying 54 and a half but i thought yeah. Also remember that we mentioned that it would if it opened anywhere around fifty and a half or fifty one and a half, we'd probably under. take a look in the over. I have to yeah. reconsider my stance on the Suns under though, because they signed Bull Bull. So now I gotta <laughs> consider, you know, them going over. No. Did they actually I, did that trade for TJ McConnell actually go through? Because I know they traded campaign. Yeah, I'm not that's sure what if that I'm went on. through for McConnell. I actually like McConnell. Yeah, yeah I, I like McConnell yeah. a lot too. I like him yeah. a lot. He's going to be a good spark for them. I, I thought it was going to be close to like 52 and a half, whatever. But I know Delonte was the only one who was actually making a case for the over. Yeah, I, I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah, if it but. opened any anywhere mid 40s, 45, 48. Yeah, because range. a team with Booker, Beal, and Durant was going to open up with a win total. No, it was going to be in the 50s. Like it was yeah, just it was going to be in the 50s. Way. No worry. I, I yeah. do like I do like their rookies though. I do like their rookies. Uh, all right, like Scott mentioned, we'll be here starting twice a week. Maybe we'll do another one later this week, maybe Thursday or Friday. Start kind of going around the division and recapping uh, the 2022-2023 season. Also, the win totals are out as well, so we'll, we'll kind of talk about those as I, well. I think you mean 23-24. But, yeah, sorry, 23-24, okay. and then we recap uh, 2022 and 2023 what we saw from those divisions and off-season moves and look forward to uh, the next uh, season as well. So uh, if you haven't already subscribed – to the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, YouTube channel. Go ahead and do so. For those of you watching, go ahead and smash that like button for us before you guys get out of here. And then you can follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. Follow Scott on Twitter at Rishel Radio. Follow Lante on Twitter at XXLanteXX. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Till then, good luck with your bets here this week. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm